As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The Oracle Network. Look deeper. If you squeeze my dog, she makes noises like an accordion. Hello and welcome to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with a heart of gold. This week we are going to uh, the Ultimates universe, which, either of you guys remember which 61610? I think. Uh, I never remember the, other than 616, I don't remember the the numbers of any of them. I want to say it's 61610 (laughs) um, or 61601 uh, to talk about the one, the only, the Miles Morales. It's Earth sixteen ten. Okay, sixteen ten. All right, um, and talk about the origin of Miles Morales. Uh, we are talking about issues one through five of the from two thousand eleven, written by Brian Michael Bendis, drawn by Sarah Pacelli. Um, but before, and uh, we may have time for a pull box. We may not. Just depends. Um, I think we'll have time for a pull box. What do you guys think? For quick enough. All right. Yeah, we got it. So I'll do a quick pull box. But before we can do a pull box, like, how you guys been? What's up? What's going on? How's uh, the Rona? Uh, speaking of the Rona, uh, my wife is visiting her in-laws in Louisiana because her older brother uh, had gone, undergone some surgery and she wanted to be there to help out. Um, and uh, man, it's just chaotic down there. People aren't following rules. People are dining in restaurants all this craziness and my young niece uh is uh, uh uh is 16 now i thought she was 13 haven't seen her in a few years and she's waiting tables at a restaurant and going to school in person where one child has been confirmed to have corona i'm like you could you gotta get out of there <laughs> you're gonna get sick 
you you gotta flee. And so, uh, at my Jesus urging, she uh, is taking an early flight out. Um, she's she actually is on the airplane right now, picking her up in a couple hours, uh, just in time for a gigantic uh, hurricane to come flying in uh, tomorrow. So, good lord, just in time for a hurricane to blow Corona everywhere. I guess uh, oh, she's she's leaving, and it's good. It's good for my, for my emotional health that she's left. Is she going to quarantine when she comes home? Yeah, we figure. Let's just uh, have you uh, get stuck in the guest room for a couple of days. See how you feel. That's a good call. Nick, what about you? I don't know, man. 13 dudes got arrested today for trying to kidnap one of the governors. I don't know, 13, man. 13 hardcore right-winger groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're One of them, they're trying, to make, they're, they're trying to make one of them out to be an anarchist. It's like, no. No, he's a straight up fascist. Let's get our term straight. And and uh, the Q, the cultists are saying that this is a uh, false flag operation to distract from, I don't know, rescuing mold children from the Getty Museum or some shit. Uh, People are finally starting to take some kind of motion on that crap, and like it's mm. they're getting banished from Facebook and Twitter and. I, I hope it sticks. Like, do you know the number? Like, it just, they just did this on LinkedIn. I don't want to turn this into a QAnon podcast, but I could. That on LinkedIn, people were listing themselves as QAnon researchers and would put on LinkedIn, the Microsoft professional social media place, Q sent me, and Q, like how they're baking bread, citizen journalists. Like, just bizarre um and they banned them from twitter earlier but to get around it they literally just started using the hashtag 17 and hashtag c-u-e-a-n-o-n like and it didn't stop it so we need human intervention to stop this like the algorithms will not protect us the algorithms will just uh accelerate our radicalizations we are Hopefully not doomed. Probably didn't help the mood at all with that, Nick. I'm sorry. There was a pundit that said, and I don't remember who it was. I wish I did. um, That said, if we cannot agree on what the facts are of anything, but especially what's happening right now, we're pretty much doomed. And I don't see that idea coming to fruition anytime soon. I'm a liberal. Um, I'm a progressive yeah. on the very you know, modestly far left. <laughs> and uh, I see nothing in common with anyone on the far right or even in the middle right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Uh, I, their facts and my facts are completely different. It's not even that I. It's not even about common ground. It's that they want me to die. I can't like. There's no amount of common ground that can make that basic facet of their ideology go away. They want me to die. Yep. And uh, man, I mean, it, it's it's to a point where um, if when it seeps over to my popular entertainment, it hits like five times harder. It makes me not want to watch. I complained mm-hmm. about season two, episode three of the, the Boys, 
because we have a, uh, uh, a character named Stormfront who destroys a Japanese man. And then at the end, instead of just killing him, calls him a yellow bastard. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm done with this show. I don't want to, I don't want to watch this anymore. I mean, I should have caught into, oh, Stormfront. That's a Nazi thing. Yeah, I guess I was thrown off because the character is a Jewish woman. Or at least she really looks Jewish to me. Um, uh, there's no way. Um, so Stormfront was the it's the was the largest um, Nazi. Website. I know that. I know that. But if you take a look at the boys and you see this actress, you're like, that's a Jewish lady. It threw me off. I yeah i I saw your post today and I felt. Like one, that's really gross, and two, I am glad that I don't have any investment in the boys. And three, I'm gonna get rid of my flops and just like I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. There's some of it that's interesting, but like not enough for me to get invested. Oh man, man, this is crap. So let's lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> let's talk about Miles. Um, Nick, as per tradition, the floor is yours. So we talked about Peter Parker uh, and uh, the origins of the Ultimate Spider-Man um, in the previous episode. And this time around, we're going to talk about Miles. Um, and honestly, like while I love Ultimate Spider-Man... Um, uh, you know, I, I love Ultimate Peter. I love Ultimate Aunt May. I love Ultimate Gwen and MJ. I love the whole original Spider-Man cast. The true gift, I think, that Ultimate Spider-Man has given us is Miles. Uh, Miles Morales. Because he, not only does he, um, he kind of do what uh, Peter Parker did for us in Ultimate Spider-Man by updating the um, the kind of uh, spiritual archetypes that, um, that that sort of lay behind Peter Parker, Ultimate Spider-Man took and updated those um, for for the now um, in quite a good and, and authentic way um, <clears throat> for for Ultimate Spider-Man with a reboot. Miles gives us <clears throat> that same thing tuned once again for an updated era, but also. This time, for an updated lens, you know, um, he can talk about issues uh, and, and have experiences that Peter Parker never ever could. Um, part of what makes Peter Parker and Spider Man so popular is how relatable the character is. He's always struggling to get by, you know. Uh, Peter Parker is the ultimate blue collar hero in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> Miles it, is that as well. But he has this whole other area of vulnerability that he can show to people that were that was that that's you can't paint those colors on Peter's palette. Um, <clears throat> and that made him really special. Like it, he wasn't a reboot, he wasn't a rehash. He took something and he added to it. Um, and. I'm not the only person that thinks that, man, because guess what? Into the Spider-Verse killed it. Like, it yep. killed it in the theaters. It destroyed. Everybody loves Miles Morales, man. Um, 
uh, and Into the Spider Verse did a pretty good job of of uh, uh, going through his origin story, which is what we're kind of covering here today a little bit. Um, his original origins in um, <clears throat> in Ultimate uh, Spider Man. Um, so this takes place the, over uh, uh, the first five issues of uh, the rebooted uh, Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Comics Spider Man. Um, the Ultimate Lines really, really struggled with naming for a little while. Um, so they, they uh, the Ultimate Lines started and then all ended with Ultimatum, which was supposed to be like the end of the Ultimates universe. And then they just decided that it wasn't. Um, and they just started <laughs> making more Ultimates comics and all the numberings got totally boned. And um, so uh, we get Ultimate Comics uh, uh, rebooted at this point because uh, uh, by this point, Peter Parker has died. Um, he was... Um, almost destroyed in the ultimatum wave and then was eventually killed by green goblin after fighting like a million people. Um, like maybe six months to a year before that happens. Um, Miles Morales, um, the nephew of, uh, the prowler who is an old school Spider-Man villain, uh, that was kind of brought out of the, uh, the, they kind of dusted him off a little bit for this. Um, it turns out to be Miles' uncle, and he breaks into um, <clears throat> the lab of one Norman Osborn and um, steals a bunch of junk. And uh, on his way out, um, a spider crawls into his back. And Miles, uh, of course, goes to visit his uncle, whom his father has forbidden him to visit, because obviously we know uh, that he is a thief. Um, he has broken and stolen uh, all of this stuff, dressed in high-tech thief gear. Um, so, you know, the the audience is hip to uh, why Miles' dad probably doesn't want him hanging out with uh, his Uncle Aaron. Uh, but uh, Miles, of course, uh, doesn't see that. And uh, his uncle treats him well. He cares about him. And uh, he treats him with a level of... Uh, respect for his autonomy that Miles can't find at home. So Miles is, of course, naturally drawn to him. So Miles goes and visits him and, of course, is bit by the spider uh, and goes to the classic uh, uh, oh, I'm, oh my, you know, oh my god, I'm a Spider-Man kind of sequence that we're familiar with from every person that's ever been bitten by a radioactive spider and turned into a Um, Spider-Man. The big difference with Miles uh, is Genki, his best friend. Because, um, so, in in Ultimate Spider-Man, one of the big changes they made was Peter spills the beans to um, MJ very, very early on. Uh, and uh, that kind of bonds them together very quickly in a way that, um, like, MJ was Peter's second love in um, uh, uh, the, the mainstream comics, you know. Um, Gwen Stacy died long before MJ was, was a thing. Um, so, Peter, uh, sorry, Miles goes and he has, he's a 12 year old boy with superpowers. The first thing he does, he goes, is he tells his best friend. Um, and that introduces a level of, of storytelling similar to, you know, Miles' race um, that, that we didn't have available to us before because now he has a friend and a confidant that believes in him. And is is a nerd, right? 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, Genki is a, is a, he's, he's us. He's ever a reader of comic books. He spends his time yeah. putting together Legos. You know, um, he, 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 he wonders how to talk to girls, right? Like, he, he is a, he's a nerd. Um, <clears throat> but there's this moment where uh, he is, he's is very supportive of Miles when Miles tells him him to drop it. So Miles goes out, and um, they, they are walking home, and uh, after Miles has told him this, and they're, they pass a fire, uh, because it's Marvel, and they're in New York City, so every three blocks there's a fire where someone needs to be rescued. Um, <laughs> so they pass a fire, and um, Miles, without thinking, crawls up the wall, leaps up and crawls up the wall, and, and starts pulling people out of the fire and rescues them. And there's this moment where he does that, where they they zoom in on Genki's face, and he just gets this knowing smile on his face because he knows what he is watching. You know what I mean? Everybody there, no one else at that, that scene knows what's going on. Not even Miles. But Genki knows that he is watching the next Spider-Man be born in that moment. Like, and he is, it's like an exultant smile. Um, and Miles, of course, then disappoints him by saying, hell no, man, I don't want to do that. That was, that was scary. I want to be a normal 12 year old kid. Uh, so he rejects, he throws up in a dumpster. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great. He peeks in a dumpster. Uh, and then he, and he rejects the idea of, of heroics. He, he, he follows his father's path. He's doing what his father wanted, wants for him. Um, and then Peter Parker dies and miles is there. Um, he is uh, so Miles uh, is fortunate enough to win a lottery in the beginning of uh, of the book and uh, get accepted to a charter school for smart kids. Um, the school uh, one night is is brought into their gymnasium uh, because there are super the superhero activity nearby, and it turns out that uh, the teacher thinks someone shot Spider Man. It is, of course, as we know from reading the death of Spider Man, um, Spider Man showdown with the Green Goblin, uh, where Spider Man was killed. Um, Miles leaves and he goes there and he sees Peter Parker die. Um, and he comes home and he says, Oh my God. Well, what have I done? This is my fault. I could have stopped this. If I had stepped in, if I had done something, if I had become a spider man, I could have been there with him and, and he wouldn't have died. Thus, of course, you know, uh, um, fulfilling the Ouroboros and having the snake eat its own tail of Peter becoming the Uncle Ben for Miles Morales. Um, incredibly powerful moment. Miles then, of course, uh, goes on to um, have a showdown with um, uh, Electro, I think. 
It's Electro eventually, but there's another... Um, so, it's the kangaroo. It's the kangaroo oh, yeah, first, yeah. He beats up the kangaroo. Totally yeah. So he decides, yeah, he decides to um, to put on... Uh, he buys a Spider-Man outfit, and he goes out and he beats up the kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Genki yeah, gives you. him a Spider-Man outfit that he uh, bought yeah. for Halloween one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the next day, or even even like like hours later... Um, it's all over the news. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, person in, in terrible taste puts on Spider-Man <laughs> outfit and runs around New York. Um, and uh, uh, the superhero community is so angry at him that they hunt him down. Spider-Woman hunts him down. In the in the Ultimate Universe, Spider-Woman is a clone of Peter Parker. She comes out she comes from the Clone Saga, um, and she she is understandably angry that someone else has, has put on a Spider-Man costume and is now running around. So she, she runs out, she goes out and kidnaps Miles uh, and essentially brings him to the Avengers um, in this universe, the Ultimates. Um, and um, Miles gets the talk about what it means to be a superhero and uh, what it means to be, you know, just a kid and the difference between those things. Um and while they're the, while he's there, of course, Electro breaks out, and Miles um, is the person responsible for taking him down. Um, and then, you know, the 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 an opening uh, um, arc ends with Nick Fury sending Miles um, a new suit, uh, a hella dope uh, black, um, red, black and red um, Spider-Man outfit, uh, and says that he has one chance. Um, it's a great storyline. Um, it echoes, it is obviously an echo of the Peter Parker story while it's like, it, it, you know, it reads like an homage to it while, um, while maintaining its own flavor. Um, it is, it's like, so they've, there've been lots of weird stories about Spider-Man in the past, things like the spider totems and Madam web and the entire spider verse and like there are the, all these themes of like recurring cycles, um, and uh, this, I don't know, it really fit into that, right? It, fe- it felt like an archetypical cycle story, um, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it, it's an excellent, excellent passing of the torch, uh, from one Spider-Man to the next. Um, and, you know, of course, Peter Parker eventually comes back and they pal around together and it's all cool. Um, but this feels like, the birth of something special in the same way that the first trade of um, Miss Marvel felt like the birth of something special. Um, I love Miles. I love everything about him. Um, He is, he is in both in many ways, like he echoes me. Um, I got lucky. I got um, financial assistance to go to, a school for smarty pants uh, that I applied to. Um, And at the same time, you know, like that's like my nerd part of me. Right. But at the same time, I'm an older man in, um, and and I noticed a lot, I had a lot of, a lot more like my feelings this time around reading this were very, very different than the first time I read it. And I noticed a lot more this time than than I did the first time. Um, The first time, the way that Miles, so when Miles is tracked down by um, Spider Woman and then is pulled in front of the Ultimates, Miles is, I mean, he's a nerd. 
right? Like, he hangs out with Yankee. They build Legos. Miles knows superheroes, right? Um, he knows who these people are. But he's very resistant to them. He doesn't want to give them his name. He doesn't want to tell them what he's doing. He just wants, he like, he does anything he can to get out of the room. He just wants to get away. He wants to get away. He does not want to be with these people. He does not want to be stuck with these people. And the first time I read it, I, I, I didn't quite understand his reaction during those scenes. Um, and now reading it, I'm like, miles knows it's cop when he sees one. Like, Mm -hmm. He's a young black kid who is being shaken down by the cops right here. Um, and, you know, because at the first time I had read it, uh, you know, first of all, I probably just wasn't as flat. I was, just was not as woke as I am now, um, at least as I hope I am now. Um, but also, my sympathies were entirely in the characters that he was giving a hard time because I know those characters. I, you know, like those characters are my friends, you know, and I know they're the good guys. Um, and Miles doesn't know that, but man, like that was, that whole scene took on a really different light for me, um, given everything that has happened in the last, you know, since I, I read it the first time. Um, yeah, man. Um, but Miles is a, is the person that I was in a lot of ways that let, that lets me map myself onto him but now reading reading this as like an older white guy man i just want to protect him like he just like he he pushes all these buttons in me like because he's he's at that age right like where things are about to change from being a kid to being fast tracked to prison for him right or like any other terrible end that our society crafts for young black men like, ah, oh, man, he is like, he is such a precious individual that I just want to want to protect him. Uh, yeah, I felt much the same way when I cracked uh, issue number one and saw the art <clears throat> that Pacelli had drawn for him. I was like, oh, Miles' is baby. He looks like, mm-hmm. like such a baby to me. Uh, he's drawn mm-hmm. so young. And I'm like, yeah, you can't you can't get this guy's spider powers. He, he, he's not. He's not ready for this. He is smart enough to know that. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And that that's the other part of the resistance. He knows, somewhere he knows, he's not in the same league as Captain America. He's not ruthless like Hawkeye. He's not Tony Stark. He's not an Iron Man. He's definitely not a Hulk. He's not a killer. He's not a soldier. He doesn't belong there. Of course, he, he doesn't want these spooks to know his his identity. He doesn't want his entire world to be upside down. There, there's also, I got a definite feeling that like he he didn't want his he didn't want to get in trouble. He didn't want his parents to know. Like that's a definite vibe I got. Not so, just because Jefferson had said something about the mutants, he, which was a total. He yeah. almost tells his dad. Um, yeah, and his dad says. He's, yells about people with superpowers ruining the city. Um, what Miles wants more than anything else in the world is just to make his parents proud of him. Um, that's like basically everything it, it, it motivates his every action. It's why he both rejects Spider-Man in the beginning and then uh, accepts it later because despite the fact that he's keeping it from his parents, he knows that 
he has to be the kind of person that would help people in order for to be a person his parents would be proud of. Uh, hey, how did you feel, uh, Marty, comparing the first few issues of the Peter Parker Ultimate versus the, the Miles Morales Ultimate? So when Miles came out, this was I was in a drought. I wasn't picking up books at the time. I, like 2011, I wasn't reading many comics, I don't think. Um, I start picking them up in seriousness much later. Um, so for me, this was, man, how did I feel? Well, let me put it this way. It was an absolute joy to read the whole thing. I had nothing but like, cause I love miles. Like, like, like everybody with half a brain cell, I love miles. And so it was a joy to just jump into this and to see like, you know, where we're going with this character and what's going on and, and, and his formative years. Like, you know, I naively thought that Bendis and Pacelli like worked on this book pretty much till 2015. And I was totally wrong about that. Um, so yeah, I loved it, man. I absolutely adored it. Um, yeah. Uh, more same- so than like the other one. Same, same with me. When I read the uh, the Peter Parker Ultimate comics, I was kind of left cold. I was like, "Oh, this is just the same story, but with '90s uh, art on top of it, slightly updated." And I just didn't care. It felt like uh, warmed over leftovers, uh, and I didn't care for the art. Um, completely not the case for for Miles Morales. Not just because he's a yeah. person of color. It's just it felt fresh. It felt like a new direction. It felt like Okay, we're going to update this, but it's going to be a real update. It's going to be something that's really talking about what's happening today. Um, And I just, I couldn't stop reading. I was uh, up till uh, two o'clock one night reading through the series. I was like, oh, I need to go to bed. (laughs) I I did the same thing, Tim. I did the same thing. I was reading. um, And so after the first five, the next two issues, three issues are drawn by Chris Somney. He's either the fill-in artist or it's like, temporary takeover while Sarah Pacelli gets back in. Um, and this is very early Chris Somney. Like the lines are a little bit thicker. It's a little bit stodgier. Um, the color work is by Posner. So it's not the same as Matt Wilson's colors who really like Matt Wilson's colors really do the like bring Somney's art to life. Like Somney and Wilson are like Donnerman and Wilson. Like that's the way you should go. Um, I wanted, I couldn't put it down, but I, I got up to go talk to Shannon about like something. Um, Cause otherwise I was going to be just reading miles all night long. And I knew I had. A- okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Other things that I needed to get done. Speaking of other things, before we continue, I do want to interject a couple of things from our world, because I know a little bit about this. Um, first and foremost, New Visions Academy is, a uh, well, Brooklyn Vision Academy is based on a real-life charter school called New Visions Academy. There is a documentary about it. Uh, depending on how you feel about education, this is a not a great thing, y'all. It's it's a complicated educational things are a complicated issue. I will leave it there. But Brooklyn Visions Academy, New Visions Academy, clearly one one was inspired by the other. The other thing, this is my one of my favorite stories, which I have heard Bendis talk about somewhere. And I just, I've also put the link from USA Today in the show notes. Um, Miles Morales came about because in 2011, where Donald Glover was talking about wants to be, he wanted to be Spider-Man. And Bendis is like, that's a great idea. Someone should do that. And he's like, I'm writing Spider-Man. I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened. Um, you know, I... I Here's the thing, man. When Bendis is firing on all cylinders, what he does is phenomenal. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying, like, I do have some questions about yet another white dude telling a black kid's story. At the same time, Bendis was the one that said, no, this is the direction that we're going in now. Um, and currently, Bendis is being written for the, excuse me, Bendis is being written by, um, Miles is being written by a Saladin Ahmed who I feel after reading the origin story, like Saladin like brought miles back down into six one six and reoriented him in a very similar way. Uh, Saladin's uh, take on miles. Uh, the foundation has been this, but the building is pure Saladin. It is so good. Uh, I agree. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like the foundation was, was, of just an incredibly solid place to build from. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. And like, let's not, let's not get too crazy. It's like, yeah, uh, the skyscraper that is the Miles Morales complex is still being built. Um, and we're, I mean, he's getting his own Sony game, like, uh, Hi. You know, he's got his own movie. I know. I know. Um, I, I, yeah, I love talking about Miles Morales. Like, I love. I remember finally getting back into comics like 2013, 20. It was a couple of years later, just before they relaunched. Like, I didn't get into. I, I, I don't regret not getting into Miles when I could have. Um, back in. Because I got back into comics like 2013, 2014. And we started the show in like, what, 2016? Um, 2015, yeah. I think. 2015. And so. Uh, 2015 is the new version of Miles and there's doing weird stuff in the Ultimates and I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about the Ultimate Universe. I can't bother. Like, I should have, but whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I, that's my only regret with this entire discussion of Miles Morales is that when he was coming out, I didn't rush right to the store. I learned my, I learned my lesson after that because the minute Miss Marvel drops, I am like, front row center at the beginning of that story because I knew it was going to be something awesome. Um, let me phrase that. I hope it was going to be something awesome. 
a brief note about the art. Uh, Sarah Pacelli really brings him to life. She does a phenomenal yeah. job. Um, but I didn't hate it when Chris Somney uh, joined, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because when I look at his art style, uh, his art style is most like my art style. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got thick, bold lines. You know, um, it's a little, it's a little cruder, but it's a stylistic choice. I'm sure he can do really fine work. With oh, he can computer stuff, yeah. coloring to make it look perfect and all this stuff. That's not what he wanted to do. Uh, it's not, but it's not a mistake. It's intentional. And, uh, oh yeah. And I, and I know that because no, it's that's, part of the that's what I do too. I'm like, I want thick, chunky lines. I want things to be a little bit imperfect because the world's not perfect. <clears throat> so, uh, I appreciate um, the art because of that. Yeah, no, I, I, I know Sarah Pacelli, like, Back when they bring Miles, when they end the Ultimates universe and they bring him into 616 with the entire, basically an entire event designed basically to save Miles Morales from the Ultimate universe. Um, and the maker, but whatever. Um, basically, uh, uh, Sarah Pacelli and Bendis begin writing him as he is reintegrated into 616. Um, where Jefferson Davis then gets a update on who he is. Um, I don't know, like we don't. And Miles' his mother comes back to life. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was we're skipping ahead uh, past issue number five, but that's something I, I had a uh, a problem with, right? Because the big emotional moment for Miles is his uncle Ben, which is Peter Parker dying. We don't need to have his mom die as well to have another big you know, Uncle Ben moment. And I hated it. I fucking hated it. I think it destroyed the whole, you know, optimism viewpoint that you were talking about with this uh, Spider-Man last time, uh, Nick. Uh, Yeah, no, by by the end of it, um, honestly, like, the Ultimate Universe really slipped into weird places. Like, nobody really knew. It felt like no one knew where it was going or what the Ultimate Universe was doing. It was just kind of limping along, and they were doing really edgy yeah, storylines that I didn't care for. Um, but then mm. it all blew up. So, you know, um, I, I kind of believe that like, if you, when you reset the universe and you bring characters back to life, you realize that you made a mistake, right? Like when you're resetting the universe, you can do it from any point. Any any point along the save trajectory, and like oh, we're just going to bring her all the way back to this. That was dumb. That was bad. That was a bad call. Um, I'm planning on on going back and finishing all of, of the Miles run, both yeah, 2011 sure. and 2015. Like I have for to. sure. Um, so it's going to be basically like alternating between New Mutants, X Men, and Miles, um, which sounds like a plan. Sounds like a great weekend. Um, if it wasn't you know Hell World and got to do other stuff um how comfortable are you guys giving this first arc of miles's introduction to the 1610 um kevin score you guys comfortable giving it kirby score i'm giving it a 0.96 it's very good it's one out for me very consistent nick i'm giving it a 0.98 I want to point out that I gave uh, Ultimate Peter Parker 0.95. I think this is better. Uh, I'm leaving room for like 
I always give myself a little bit if I'm not 100% convinced it's a 1.0, but like round it up, my friends. It's a 1.0. I'm taking off a, I'm taking off point zero point zero four points because Genki Lee is not a Korean name. And, uh, that's not, it's not any kind of Korean name and he's a Korean kid. So there's so many, there's so many Korean names. You could just go to Wikipedia and just pick one and you pick something that doesn't exist in Korea. Doesn't exist amongst Korean Americans. No one calls their kid has, Genki. Has that been ever yes. looked into? Yes. Like, like why yes. he did that? No. Yes. Cause he heard the name once and he thought it was cool. That's the story. That's the story. Some uh, friend, uh, his one of his kids' friends was named Genki. He just thought that was a cool name. I see. Uh, uh, that's so it. This is that's the extent of the research. Very annoying. That is pretty annoying. Pretty annoying. So yeah, that's not great. Miles is great. We love the character of Genki. Should have had a better name. You know, you know who really gets short shrift in issues one through five? Who? Judge. Miles, the roommate? Yeah. The third wheel between Miles and Genki. I want to know more about Judge. Me too. They set up a whole bunch of stuff in that first in the first openings of this that they never got to explore because they kept screwing with the Ultimate Universe so much that Miles never got really got the opportunity to just exist in the space of that school. Um, yeah, I I feel like there's been work with Judge on in a current time, really? but I could be wrong. I don't think he's in six one six. I think he passed along with the rest of sixteen ten. So that's wild. All right. It's going to start to transition us to our pull box. But before we do that, just want to make sure anything else you want to say about Miles other than that we love him? Uh, I really appreciated that he had his whole raft of powers right at the start. He got his camouflage yeah. ability and he got his uh, super zap. Boom. Right in the, in the beginning. And so it's slowly emerging. And that also helped distinguish him between him yeah. as a hero and, 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 and Parker as a hero. Yeah, rolling out the the his new powers essentially um, was uh, like early was was like critical in in you know like this is going to be a different story. This is going to be a different character. And I was going to say, and then just pulling back a little bit, uh, Genki turning out to be the uh, chemist genius that helps Miles make his uh, web fluid. A little tropey, making the Asian the uh, brilliant scientist guy, but you gotta love Genki, so. Uh, I, I give it a pass. Go ahead. Okay. I'm done grousing. All right. All right. Well, then let's take a quick break before we go into our pull box. And we're back. One of these days, I'm actually going to listen to one of those ads. Um, not today. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, <laughs> we've got a little bit of time left. And uh, let's talk about these. Uh, let's talk about what you've been reading, watching, or thinking about comics wise. The way you said not today makes me feel like you will not listen to one of those ads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I have read a lot, but I'll let one of you guys go first. Um, 
I'll go. Um, I have been watching Star Trek, the the uh, new animated show, Lower Decks. Um, it's good, y'all. Um, it's very funny. It would make a good comic. Like uh, Star Trek has a you know a long history of of comics. Um, they started doing mm-hmm. comics almost immediately when they when the show was out. Um, Lower Decks is. I mean, first of all, it's you know it's based on the whole premise. There's an there's an original Next Gen episode. Um, uh, called um, the Lower Decks. That uh, was all about the non-command crew uh, of the Enterprise and their struggles to get promotions and just go about their daily life. It's one of those popular episodes of the season of the series. Um, so they kind of spun that into um, the idea of um, it's a comedy, animated. Um, it is about a non-important ship in Starfleet uh, and the non-important crew members on that ship. Um, it's quite funny. If you like the Orville, you will definitely enjoy this. It has a lot of the Orville, um, going on, but, uh, they managed to, um, amazingly enough, as absurd as it is, um, they managed to still really hit the Star Trek notes in a lot of ways. Um, the characters are still aspirational. Um, and they act like clowns because it's that's being aspirational in a, in the Star Trek universe is actually quite difficult. Like you're surrounded by giants uh, of people when everybody is just like being the best version of themselves. Like it's, it's very easy to get swallowed in that. Right. And, and feel small. Um, and you know, the bridge crew crew members are these larger than life ridiculousnesses um you know their <laughs> their security officer shacks the bajoran um in the, in the last episode was like firing a phaser machine gun like shouting uh when you get to hell tell them the tell the paw rates shacks sent you <laughs> I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's very good the last in the last one they were in a holodeck a, a, a episode where they rewrote the uh the ship to be like a movie um to, it was a, it, the whole thing was a joke about um, the Star Trek shows versus the Star Trek movies. Um, that's that's really good. It's very good. It's smart. Um, it's funny. I like it. I've been watching it too. I, I quite enjoy it. Where where can you find it? What is it on? Uh, CBS. Um, CBS streaming app. Yeah. I don't remember what it's okay. called. The CBS something or other. Uh, and uh, I believe that this week is the finale of um, Lower Decks, and then I believe next week is the um, premiere of Discovery Season 3. Oh, man. I think everything should go animated uh, if you hear them out for, for safety's reasons. <laughs> yeah, man. Animators let's can have, work uh, Let's redo uh, Red... Uh, just redo Black Widow as an animated series. There's another animated Star Trek series coming out, actually. Um, you, really? Yeah. Um, this one is actually a serious one. It is about... Um, it's a it's a young adult show. It is about a group of teenagers who find a Star Trek ship adrift and decide to put on the Starfleet uniforms and start jamming around doing stuff. Wow. I love that. What's it called? Uh, I think that is the worst idea I, I've ever heard in my life. I, I, I don't I, remember what it's called. It is based. That, that one is also oh. based. That one's based off of a um, um, a Deep Space Nine uh, episode, which was a grim episode. Um, 
Uh, it was when they were at war with the Jem'Hadar and um, the the Red Squadron team from Starfleet Academy stole a ship and were decided they were going to go out on a mission and they all died. It was just grim and horrible. Yep. It was a very and powerful Nod episode. Looked up to them, and yeah, yeah, I remember. It was a powerful episode. It was very formative. It was a very formative experience for Nog, who was one of my favorite Star Trek characters of all time. So the lesson being, it's dangerous out there. Don't screw around. You're going to die. Yeah, man. It's the first Star Trek that has been teaching us that from the day one. You got to follow orders because they're going to keep you alive. Yeah, man. It's dangerous to go alone. Listen to the captain. Don't wear red. (laughs) Yeah, don't wear red. Uh, I'll go next because... I've not been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot of uh, Miles. Um, but I picked up, and I'm really enjoying, and I didn't expect to enjoy, uh, I'm really enjoying um, the book Star. Really? Yeah. yeah. I am. I didn't and I was like, why jam. am I enjoying Star? I don't really care about the character. Uh, and then I read who the author is, and it's uh, it's uh, Kelly. Yeah. Sue Kelly. And she's great. So this is a book about uh, a young supervillain who gets the reality gem embedded in her body. And she's trying to learn how to use her reality powers. And she's being chased around by Captain Marvel. And she's being chased around by uh, Thanos' crew, Corvus Black and all those cats. And she's just trying to deal with life. (laughs) She's not. She's having a hard time, man. It reminds me Mm -hmm. of uh, when Rogue was trying to become good. The early days. Is Star trying to become good? I don't know yet. I'm only on uh, issue number four. Because she was decidedly not good and made very serious choices to be very bad. I think this is but, a, uh, a story about how to uh, find your, your her heroism. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm yeah. very wrong. But uh, to me, it seems like she's trying to find out who she is. She's trying to figure out what her power is, and she's getting harassed a lot. So she's being very reactive. Mm. She's panicked. She's panicked. I, I would be panicked, too. I would be panicked? Hush. Especially if Carol Danvers is on your butt. Yeah. Doesn't end well for anybody when that happens. Just ask Tony Stark. Um, Just ask Rodney. Uh, I wouldn't panic. I would geez. just make peace with my imminent death. <laughs> Uh, Tim, I thought you were going to talk about a different book. Which book is that? Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. I do want to talk about Shang-Chi, but I want to wait until we have like two or three issues ready to to roll with it. Gotcha. Um, Gene uh, is doing a great job writing it. The uh, the art is um, it's good. It's sort of that 90s flashy art that I don't like. I would prefer a more uh, down to earth style, but it's fine. It's 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 craftsman level, very good. Um, the you research know, I, is good. It's good. I I also don't like talking about like the first issue of something. You just don't know, right? Like, there's just never no, enough fair. there to really tell. Even if it's great, you know. Like, I've read a lot mm-hmm. of really great issue ones, and are a lot of really bad issue twos. It's fair. Yeah. I did, read, I did read the first issue. I think it's got a promising start. It's only a five-run limited series, which made me sad when I found out 
I was hoping for like, you know, 100 issues arc or something like that, but yeah. Oh, well. I have a, I have a hope that we will see more of Shang-Chi in the future. Well, um, I mean, with the movie coming out, I can only imagine his star will only go yeah. grow brighter. Uh, Marty, what did you, uh, what did you read this week? So they've opened up the sandbox uh, for the immortal Hulk a little bit, and they're letting other people take stabs at telling immortal Hulk stories. Um, so I read Jeff Lemire and Mike Del Mundo's uh, The Threshing Place. And it is, so Mike Del Mundo is the watercolor artist that I have raved about before. He did a lot of work with Jason Aaron in the, uh, the Unworthy Thor in the last part of the Thor arc. Um, also is the electric, the electric artist that, uh, Blackman and, and Del Mundo were the chef's kiss. Perfect. Um, and Jeff Lemire, who is finishing up this amazing horror book coming out to a close called, uh, Gideon Falls. Um, and, uh, it is really, really scary. Uh, the basic plot of the book is that, uh, Bruce Banner and the immortal Hulk are on the, like are being drawn to a place in the middle of nowhere, uh, agricultural town. Uh, there's been mutilations and a little girl has disappeared. Um, but it's gamma related. And so the immortal Hulk tries to figure out what it is. Um, so it is Bruce. Uh, problem is the sheriff is in on it. The deputy is in on it and they, um, Arrest Bruce Banner, and nighttime happens. That's all I'm going to say about it. It is, it is a really great story, and you think it's got a happy ending, and then, no, it is do, not a happy ending. Do they know that they have Bruce Banner? They do not know that they. have Oh, Bruce okay, okay, okay. That makes more sense. They don't know that they have him. Like, which I, I part of me is like, how could you not know that you have Bruce Banner? After what's going on in the Immortal Hulk world, he's like, a, he looks like an everyman. He's just an ordinary putz. So that's part of it. Stupidly, they did an actual study about whether or not people are are reliably able to recognize people when they are wearing glasses versus not wearing glasses, and it is a more effective technique than you would suspect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys remember this? Henry Cavill walked around New York City. Um, wearing glasses and his hair put in a different way. And no one knew it was Henry Cavill. No one knew. And then he dressed around like something, they dressed up like the Witcher and they all knew it was him. So, well, if you have a white wig and you're wearing plate mail, <laughs> carrying yeah. a broadsword around Times Square, yeah, people are going to notice a little better. Well, I mean, in the nineties, it was actually in the eighties, nobody would have noticed like this is par for the course back in the day. Or so I hear according to the Daredevil comics that I'm very fond of of that era. Um, but yeah, so Lemire and Del Mundo do this great comic. There is body horror galore. Mike Del Mundo's artistry of the transformation of Bruce into the immortal Hulk is rivals anything that Joe Bennett has done. And it's a more muted color palette, which I think makes it more terrifying. It is super good. Um, and I mean, Jeff Lemire is like one of the great art, one of the great writers of our age. Uh, Ascender, Descender, he did Old Man Logan, um, A Hawkeye Run, 
uh, Gideon Falls. Uh, what's the name of that? He, Vin Diesel just played him uh, as a valiant hero. Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodface or whatever his name is. Bloodsport. I think it's Bloodsport. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. That was close. Bloodsport. Bloodsport's the Van Damme vehicle, um, which is really weird. Yeah, I I cannot stress enough. Like they are a great team. They're both amazing storytellers and. It is touching and really sad. Um, And like nobody who shouldn't, well, people die, but nobody that you're like, oh, please, not that person. Um, But it's, you know, it's, it's rough. The ending. It's very good. Very good. Very scary. Would uh, 10 of 10 would read again. As you were mentioning artists uh, for Hulk, I was like, you know who I want to see? I want to see Bill uh, Sienkiewicz do Hulk, Immortal Hulk. Because he can do some really oh, phantasmagoric stuff, you know? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. That would be really cool. be very, very cool. But that, I've also been reading, um, I've been reading a lot of stuff. Tonight I'm going to read uh, Chip, Chip Zdarsky's new indie book, uh, Stillwater. So, because, you know, can't get enough of the chip. Uh, this has been All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast with the heart of gold, brought to you proudly by the Oracle Podcast Network, a thing I forgot to say in the intro. Now, if you like what you've heard, you can rate and review us anywhere you find podcasts. You can also find us on Twitch. You can also find us on Spotify, Google, wherever. And those likes, ratings, reviews make the algorithms know that people are interested. So let the algorithms know that you love us because that's the only way we feel any sort of human connection now in the year 2020. Um, now, if you really like what you heard and you're like, man, if I could just get some of that art that they talk about. Are you in luck? If you go to all comics considered, uh, excuse me, if you go to T public slash uh, user slash all comics considered, first follow the link, you'll go to our merch store where you can buy shirts that have been designed by Tim and Nick. And only uploaded by me. I don't do any of that art stuff. I'm just not not talented enough. Um, however, if you're like, man, you know, I want to hang out with these young people, but like, I don't have the opportunity to do it on Twitch, but I want to buy them a beer. Go to patreon.com slash considered and become a regular subscriber. You'll get these episodes a couple days early. You'll also get them 1000% ad free, which is the experience that everyone prefers. I'm legally Nick Fury. And I'm producer Tim. You could find me at uh, Ape Style on uh, tw- uh, Twitter, and then also manning the All Comics Considered Facebook page. And lastly, I am Marty. You can find me on Officer Gleason on the Twitter.com, where I talk leftist politics, and manning the All Comics Considered Facebook page, uh, t- uh, not Facebook page, but our Twitter page, All Comics Cast. Um, so that's all we have for this week, uh, Action Heroes. And remember, if you want to level up, have to go on an adventure and make sure you vote this year because that's already a big enough adventure for all of us.